Welcome to the Self-Help Coaching Podcast, where insights, attitudes, and methods for success get illuminated. Learn what leaders and change workers have done and are doing now to create magnificent futures. We interview great guests who inspire you to overcome obstacles and achieve your goals. Be sure you visit our website at self-helpcoaching.com. While you're there, subscribe to us via your favorite network. Now, just relax as you listen. You can do something else, but be ready to make an important note. And let's get started. The title of this interview is Hypnotherapy, Massive Change in Three Sessions. Before I tell you our guest bio, let me say that he is sincerely the most special I've had on this show because he has superpowers, <laughs> which may be true, actually. <laughs> I'm joking about that, but I am sincere about him being special. This guy, I have a, such a relationship, such a rapport with this guy. It's the relationship. We, we just seem to get each other. You know, he's, 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 he's way older than me. He's like 150. It's amazing he's still alive. But, <laughs> but this guy, we're so similar. Uh, you know, we, we just, and you know, on, we just get each other. It seems to me we really get each other. And not just that, he's been so supporting, uh, supportive of me and giving to me and my endeavors and what I'm working on. I so appreciate it. I mean, others too uh, have as well, but he doesn't even, you know, I say, I say, John, I need something. He goes, yeah, yeah what can I do for you? <laughs> and that was a pretty good, uh, pretty good impression right there. Uh, and uh, he, he's just, he's the best. I, I, you know, I just, before the interview, we had a, a quick little dialogue. And then I felt it. I said, you know, John, I love you, man. I cursed. I put a little curse in it to make it, you know, less strange. <laughs> but I said it to him because I meant it sincerely. And uh, the guy's great. The guy's so awesome. So let me tell you his bio. He's been in hypnotherapy 37 years. <laughs> actually, yeah. actually, it's a little bit longer, but I stopped. Like when somebody asked me, you know, how long's that been? I say one year, and it's really four years now as oh you get older. God. Incredible. So he, this guy knows hypnotherapy, all right? He's been involved in intense regression-oriented hypnotherapy. He's the founder of Sleepwalkers NLP and Hypnosis Worldwide Practice Groups. He's the curriculum developer and founder of the Society for Applied Hypnosis. He's worked on developing a full comprehensive rescripting of past traumas, beliefs, anxieties, and using an integration of one's adult awareness, regression therapy, Gestalt, NLP, Silva, EFT, wrapped in a hypnosis modality. Ladies and gentlemen and others, I give you John Petroselli. Uh, thank you, Tony. Thank you for that wonderful intro. And uh I uh, hope we can enlighten your viewers on hypnotherapy because I was one of the last of the original five. Uh, the other four passed on. Like I said, we've all outlived our lifetime warranties. Now, so. I, believe, I believe you also have the nickname Professor. If I, uh, they call you Professor Petroselli, is that right? They call, yeah, I was called Professor Petroselli because of my knowledge in hypnotherapy and because I was running all these study groups and I trained thousands of people. And uh, this is what I did seven days a week, you know, about 12 hours a day. 
And in my off free time, I talked to people on the phone about hypnotherapy and hypnosis. So, and I knew everybody in the industry, all the famed ones who are gone now, Gil Boyne, uh, right down the line, Jerry Kine. So this really is a special treat because really you are, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm not gonna say giant in the industry, uh, but I'll say that you are renowned in the industry because you are a, a workaholic and your work was hypnosis. You you were so prolific and so you breathed hypnosis. You, you So you worked so much in it, both in development and with clients that you are known, respected worldwide, respected worldwide. More known for the hypnotherapy work, which is a, a compromise. It's hypnosis is just like a garden tool. Hypnotherapy is what you do when you get there. Regression work, gestalt work, NLP, uh, future progression. It covers a whole gamut of interrelated modalities. Okay, let's talk about regression hypnotherapy, rescripting your past and creating a solid foundation for your future. Okay. When I started, I was like every hypnotist. You know, um, I had to train people because there was no hypnosis classes back then you know so i had these sleepwalker groups which went from one meeting with five people to five meetings a week in different locations to chapters all over the place it just grew out of hand pre-internet you know why did you name it sleepwalkers uh, sleepwalkers because uh, i was sitting there one night and from my loft bed i was listening to a guy named major mark cunningham and a book fell off my bed and he was talking about people as hypnotists, people are walking in their sleep. Our job is to wake them up. And he says, sleepwalkers. So that night I had Google groups. I typed in sleepwalkers and although people hated the name, it stuck. There's nothing more complicated than that. Yeah, that's great. So please continue about the, these trainings. Uh, so in, in these groups, I had to figure everything out myself to teach a class, you know, a few people, and we were doing it for free. And we had certain premises, you know, do it in a friendly manner. Even the slowest person in the group had to leave that meeting at night with the same ability as the person who picked it up right away. Wow. And we practiced on each other. We, we pushed all these techniques to the limit. Now, I grew up in, in the South Village in, in New York City. It was all mob guys. So we got hit for what we were thinking, what you're going to do. So a lot of my friends went to drugs to escape the anger and the rage. And they never made it to 20. You know, but I was in that group. I just didn't do drugs and stuff. So I studied different modalities. I studied different religions. I studied different therapies. I was there in the early days when Tony Robbins was doing, uh, you know, the firewalks on the streets. All we had back then really was positive thinking. You know, then Tony switched over the bandler and all of a sudden we're doing little things with hypnosis. But hypnosis was like mysterious back then, you know, you know take a deep breath, sleep. It was limited to the world of Bela Lugosi and old horror movies. We didn't know what was real. And I pushed these things to the limits. And it wasn't until after 9-11, when I was about a half a block away, when the towers came down. I was one of those guys covered in soot. They pulled me off the street. I was out for five hours. And uh, I volunteered during this visiting hyp hypnotist, Barry Seedman's session. 
And he had me up on stage in front of 30 people. And he did basically a two-hour regression. Before that, I was a basket case. When I got off that stage, I couldn't feel any of the anxiety. And a lot of other things over time cleared up. So I became dedicated to, to regression, learning everything I could do, and pushing the limits of the early guys who were doing this type of work. How does regression hypnotherapy get results when other methods fail? Well, imagine if you could go back in time and talk to that younger you and give him your knowledge now. You'd go through that event totally different because all that is is a chemical reaction back then. You're going back there and it's amplifying each time. For example, kids in a school bus, the age of five, the bus jerks. Guess what? He's anxious here. Two months later, he's in a plane with his family. The plane takes off, bing, more anxiety. By the time they come in 30, 40 years old, they can't even walk out their car door without getting anxious. Well, we go back through it. And could you imagine you as an adult telling that young, oh, the bus is going to jerk. Don't worry about it. You're going to be safe. I'm here by your side. Okay, let's rewind that. Three, two, one. We're right back there. Now that child has your words, your wisdom, knows you're there by his side. No, he's safe. Knows I'm here if they need that much reassurance. Let's rewind it like a video. Three, two, one. How does he choose to go through it? Oh, he's just sitting in the bus. Oh, he smiles when it jerks. Good. Let's move ahead to the next scene. And that process can take two to eight hours, that first session. But it changes all those fears and, and things you made up, which is basically with a child's perception. You know, you, you can't go outside yourself. All you have is the knowledge in here. But the, the regression doesn't have to be to childhood, even though those are the formative years, of course. Can it be, uh, you know, the, can the trauma be in a later stage in adulthood and, and it'll be just as effective? It, it, that's how other people may do it. And they have to do many sessions. I don't like to waste people's time. Let's get it done. Let's get it finished. Let's go back to where it early started. And there's certain tests. You know, uh, well, saying, that, have you ever felt that feeling before? And they could be two years old. No. So I didn't, I, I didn't even buy into that after certain years. I led them to an imaginary experience in the womb where they came out feeling loved. And if you've never experienced love in your life, well, how are you going to create it? People say, you know, the Beatles say love, love, love. But if you've never had love in your life, what's that mean to you? Nothing. So we built it in. And then we'd move from there, I'd bring them through the birth process. The birth process is the most traumatic experience you'll ever go through in your life. Can you imagine? You're inside, you're squeezing through this little tunnel. You know, you come out to the world, you leave this fully temperature controlled condominium. I want to go back to the womb. Yeah, some nurse has you by the legs and then whack. That's your introduction to this world. Of course, as guys, you know, they're always trying to get back there, but that's a different story. <laughs> that's what I was alluding to. Okay, let's take a quick moment to hear from our sponsor, then we'll be right back with Professor Petroselli. This episode of Self-Help Coaching is brought to you by Perficio. What if you could get the results of being coached without a human coach? What if a computer could coach you? Visit www.perficio.io. That's P-E-R. F-I-C-I-O dot I-O, where you can get coached without scrutiny, judgment, or pressure.
You're listening to the Self-Help Coaching Podcast with John Petroselli. He's wowing me with talks about regression hypnotherapy, but so much more. Uh, how does, how does, uh, how will hypnotherapy sessions change someone's life for the better? Well, the first 10 years of our life, we don't have an analytical brain because there's nothing to compare it to. But as an adult, we're always going back to those first 10 years to make sense of the world in front of you. That's the basis for all prejudice. If you're in a family where there was a lot of prejudice, well, you're going to go back there and judge people by that. If you grew up in a culture where there was no prejudice, well, you don't have those same feelings. If you go back to a very fearful you know, past, you're always going to look at the world from that. But imagine you could transpose, go right back there and change those associated feelings. You'd be a different, you'd be all resourceful. You'd be powerful because now you're going through what you know as an adult. How many times have we wished as an adult, we could go back to our past and live it over again, knowing what we know now. Totally. Of course, I'm there because a lot of people are still living in the past. <laughs> you know, when I when I created uh, the virtual coaching program, uh, you know, when I was when I was coaching, doing life coaching, one of the most powerful tools I used was sleight of mouth, which you know is getting people to sh to change their limiting beliefs. And to me, lim changing limiting, limiting beliefs is one of the most important, if not the most important thing in my experience. But I, I built that into the virtual coaching program because I saw how important it is, you know, for, to people to shake up limiting beliefs. But you're talking about, you you go, the limiting belief, you go to the root of it. You, yeah. you, know, you go to the root of it. It's not even conscious. It's it's subconscious. It's it's just an experience that maybe they, they made a decision about and you start changing that around. Right. Right. And it's amazing how different cultures, although in a politically correct society, we're not supposed to talk about it, the memories, how far they can go back. You know, some people can remember four, some people remember two. But for some reason, when I worked, uh, I worked a lot with the Russian culture, these women can remember coming out of the womb just a few days. Wow. But again, these young girls, you meet them at 17, they can speak seven languages. <laughs> you know, in America, they're lucky they speak English. <laughs> <laughs> you know, man, it's true though. <laughs> What's the difference between hypnosis and long regression hypnotherapy? Okay, session? most people aren't schooled in hypnotherapy, and even if somebody was to school you, it takes a lot of experience. I learned this stuff over a long time. You know, doing long sessions, six, seven days a week. Uh, hypnosis is basically everybody goes into hypnosis. I say I'm a good hypnotist. I'm not the best. I'm, a, I'm one of the top five hypnotherapists. That's a different story. But I say, go into any strip club. She's a better hypnotist than I could ever be. Look <laughs> at that guy sitting in front of her. With the dollar bills. That's hypnosis. When you're in a car and you're driving and you just went 20 miles, you can't remember a damn thing. You, you did everything perfectly. You're in a hypnotic trance. You, you know, I don't want to get into a definition of hypnosis because there's like 3,000 definitions. None, nobody in the industry will agree, and they're all made up. It's like Bandler said years later with NLP. He says, they're taking this stuff serious, and I made it up. 
I thought that was the most hysterical comment I ever heard. But it's true. We make up things that fit our, an explanation. But are they true? They serve a purpose. But hypnotherapy is, is like, okay, here's the garden hoe anybody can dig out, you know, for a little plant. Uh, I guess if you give it to a builder, he can build a skyscraper with it. I'm not going to build a skyscraper. Hypnotherapy is what you do in that state. And it's the regression. It's the future progression. It's knowing a bunch of NLP skills, the ones that work, not all of them. There's only a handful of stuff that really, really works because I've tried everything over and over again. Uh, future progression, taking them into the future. And one of the basic things we do in the beginning, I call it criteria installation. Can you imagine if I cleared all your past memories? Well, what would happen? You'd latch on to a whole bunch of new freaking things that you don't want. So we spent a long time talking and going through what you want in your life, because we have to give the brain something to focus on, some sort of goal. You know, if you tell yourself, I'll never be successful, guess what? Your brain will find 3,000 ways to make sure you're not successful. But we, we, we focus on this, and I learned this from a Kenrick and a major marker combination of it, but I put my own twist on it. It's called criteria installation, you know, and it breaks down when you get their goals down to freedom, happiness, and purpose. You've hit the bottom line. But before that, I want money. Okay, if you woke up tomorrow morning and you had all the money in the world, what would you do? Oh, I'd buy a car. Okay, why would you have that car? Oh, I drive around and people would respect me. And what's important, people, oh, maybe I'd have a relationship. So it has nothing to do with the money when you break it down. And, and when you do break it down, people get that stuff. It's amazing. They come in, it's like a miracle happened. I, I'm 60 years old. I haven't gotten anything in my life. I leave you two months later. I'm taking trips. I'm doing this. Yeah, because you're finally putting your head what you want. You've never spent five minutes thinking of it before. It's incredible. Ha freedom, happiness, and purpose. That's that's the core of, uh, that's the yeah. three things we all truly want when we boil it down, when we distill it. it, it, it yeah, and it, it takes us like maybe an hour, an hour and a half of talking to get down to those three. Uh, because most people, like I said, have never spent five minutes thinking about what they want in life. And they're just like, uh, we'll end up wherever we end up. And that's right. where they end up. Right. You know, they, you know, it's like a default answer. Everybody wants happiness, but it's like, they don't think about it with any true examination. You know, you know what's happiness is the result of doing the things you want in your life. You don't want happiness. If you want happiness, uh, take a handful of pills and some Jack Daniels. You'll be happy for a while. Once you I, have found out. That, I have found that too. The happiness as a goal is way too selfish to be successful. I have found that you've got to, it's got to be, it's got to be a, a byproduct of something yeah. else, but then, then, then you'll have it, you know, it's, yeah. it's. And I also combined just salt in a later section for anger, which is, you know, a lot of doctors believe cancer is the result of anger, internalized anger. Because if you clench your arm like this for 20 minutes, it's going to hurt. But people are angry. Yeah. They're doing this 24-7. Right. That's why, they, you know, these cancer treatments, people go for it. They cut it out and it comes back. Well, you haven't changed the emotional state that's creating that blockage or whatever it is. So how do, how do you use Gestalt? Gestalt, uh, Fritz Perls came up with it. And... Uh, 
Bandler used to edit Fritz Perl's things, but uh, Gil Boyne did it. But instead of having people switch chairs, because I think Fritz Perl's left out the part where we need forgiveness. <laughs> you know, you leave that part that's a major component. Otherwise, you just create an army of angry people. Right. We can envision that in people's mind. We have them sit in a chair. And across from you is another chair. And in that chair is the one person who caused you the most pain, the most anger. This one, two, three, who's there? 95% of the time, who do you think is in that other chair? Right. Mother or father? Your mother, usually. You know, even when they say father, a little bit later, it's my mother, you know. <laughs> and, and we sort of like, we purge that anger by going back and forth between them where they can understand each other and get forgiveness. Yeah. And, and, and once you get that, it, it's totally life-changing. Because people will hang on and they'll project that anger, you know, they had for their mother on every other human being on the face of the planet. Man, you know, I mean, you and I could talk for hours and hours. You know, last year, listeners, you're going to love this. Uh, in a conversation I had with John, you know, he's been around so long. And he's been, he's worked with so many people. He's told me that he's got, he knows where all the bodies are buried. You know, <laughs> you know, there's so much dirt on, on, on people. And he goes, come on, interview me about that. Uh, I'm like, oh, that's salacious. I love it. But of course, I don't, we don't want to defame anyone on this show. We just want to give value. But in terms of history, I, I think that if you want to talk about some, some questionable stuff, as long as you keep people's names out, I would love to hear it. Now, you and I talked about this recently and you were like, oh, I don't want to do that. Well, I'm just encouraging you a little bit, John, if you keep the names out. <laughs> but uh, the value of, like, of you talking, the value that you're talking about it's just, it's incalculable how, how valuable it is changing, going into the earlier years to, you know, forgive and to work things through and... Rescript the past. Rescript the past. I love that. Well, at least the associated feelings with those memories, to where you look back at that memory, just like any memory, and it has no, conscious up no feelings or no, I have to do this or anything. It's just like a, an old black and white memory back there. I love doing that work in NLP. Now, I, I had some, you know, I, I, I was certified as a life coach from, to, uh, by Melissa Tears, her integrative hypnosis center, you know, so she was, a, well, she was an NLP practitioner, certainly, but she was primarily a hypnotist. And I, I know sub-hypnosis, but I, I rarely worked in it other than some light trance sometimes. But I love doing the decision changes, you know, going back uh, and, you know, and just changing things, having a person change things is, or, you know, one way, there's a number of ways to do it, but it's such a critical thing to do that there are a number of ways we're developed to do it. One of the, one, one way that I like uh, messing, not messing around with this on a good description, uh, using is core transformation. If you, if you know, if you're familiar with that one, um, uh, timeline therapy, that's more hypnosis. Yeah, I use a lot of timeline therapy with people. That was that was for, I well, love for people, you know, about two percent will be resistant to regression. Okay, well, you do timeline therapy first. You test them, you know, and different cultures again, because you know, in our normal Western culture, people see things left to right. That's why we're on time, but other cultures will see the future in front and the past behind or right here. So you got to test them to know. Okay, look up there now. Point to an incident five years from now. You know, you know. 
you get that timeline character and you have them imagine those Pez like characters popping up. Uh, I learned from Tad James, you know, original book. He's great. I love him. I love Tad James. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I learned things halfway, then I put it into practice and I sort of switch it to what works, not for a classroom and a handful of clients. No, I, I'm going to put it in real combat situations. And if it don't work, it's out the door because I got a client here. It's already eight hours into the session. I could, you know, give an example of something that you know may not work in the in the in the may have worked in the class, but doesn't work in you know in the in the trenches. Oh, I could go into the NLP book in a lot of time. For example, language patterns. I love Kenrick Cleveland and his language patterning. Yeah, I, I learned it all from his early Max Persuasion course. Right, and, and I taught a lot of these politicians. I'm sorry for that that are on the air today because they were my clients. But in New York City, a lot of my clients, English was their second or third language. So if you distort the English language, it's just unintelligible goop. So I had to sit there and talk to these clients for an hour just to get the way they say words and understand it. Like you can't say exhale deeply if they just came here. You know, exhale means nothing. Take a deep breath, what are you talking, do this. So if you start throwing those language patterns into, you know, somebody who's an immigrant or doesn't have a full command of the English language, it don't work. You know, I've had highly educated people come here from Japan, from highly educated, but that's really, you know, he came up with a technique for the English language. It's incredible. And there's a lot of other techniques. <laughs> I tried them all. I practically went through the book. And uh, a lot of them, are, they'd be great if you were in a town in, in Massachusetts where you had five college towns and highly educated college kids. But they're not so great for the average person who has a limited command uh, of language. Let's take a quick moment to hear from our sponsor and we'll be right back with John Petroselli. This episode of Self-Help Coaching is brought to you by Perphysio. Poor finances are the leading cause of stress, divorce, and general troubles. Financial managers, coaches, and consultants are great, but responsibility rests with you. There are new answers. Visit www.perphysio.io that's P-E-R-F-I-C-I-O dot I-O, where you can truly learn the foundational attitudes and methods of accruing wealth and staying wealthy. You are listening to the Self-Help Coaching Podcast with Professor John Petroselli and me, your host, Tony Petroza. We're talking about personal development, but we're talking about it uh, in the modality of hypnosis and hypnotherapy and all its various branches. And uh, I'm just, you know, I'll just talking with John during the break, we could, this could be hours, hours, days, even yeah. our conversation. There's so much that we can talk about and in, in all these areas in in the modalities and in, in, in the change work and the peripheral stuff. I'm just enthralled by the stuff that you got to say, John, you know, and on both sides, uh, but let, let's, let's focus on giving value to our listeners. What if someone doesn't want to change? Well, you know, I do an hour, sometimes two hour calls with clients before they come in to make sure. 
For example, smokers are the best example. I got to stop smoking. Well, do you want to stop smoking? No. <laughs> well, who wants you to stop smoking? My wife. But you don't want to stop smoking. I'd tell them, stay home and die. What do you want me to do? And they call back like a year later and they say, you SOB, you're the one who told me to stay home and die. You're right. I wasn't ready, but I am now. I need to, it's like being rock bottom. If I worked a lot with alcoholism, you have to be rock bottom. As long as there's someone there to support you or a way you can do your habit, you're going to do it. You're not ready. Here's an interesting thing with weight loss clients that I found, you know, they're not ready. We do the sessions. We do everything. Hypnosis, hypnotherapy. I throw the book at them. They go out and they eat. They gain 15 pounds. They get disgusted with themselves. I see them two months later. They come back. They lost 25 pounds and they say the hypnosis didn't work. When I left here, I went out and I just ate. I says, but now you're gorgeous. You know, you, you look perfect. He says, yeah, I did it on my own. Yeah. No, you pushed yourself toward rock bottom. Basically, the work pushed you there. It's like when I work with people who want to get out of a job and move into another career, it will make them do stuff they might not have done to get out of the job they're in. But until you get out of that comfort zone, you're going to stay there. And then they tell me, uh, it got fired. What, what, what happened? This? And they call me back a week later. I got a job that pays twice the amount. I can't believe it. But what would have happened? You would have stayed there working for $15 an hour until you're 97. I love it when I'm working with a client and they had some problem, some issue, and I worked through it with them. Then they come out the other side and, and then I ask them, you know, what about that problem that you had? And they say, what problem? Um, and then I tell them, you know, the problem that they, we just worked through. And they said, oh, that doesn't bother me. That, that, that really, <laughs> you know, that really never bothered me. I'm like, well, you were just crying about it 15 minutes ago. Are you sure it doesn't bother you? Like, no, nah, yeah, it doesn't bother me. So people, when people get over things, they often minimize it. But before they, the minimizing, you know, there was the catastrophizing. <laughs> yeah. I love the humans. We are so fascinating. And, and I'm, of course, I'm as human as anyone else. And, you know, the way we see things, the way we, our brains work, our minds work even more precisely is just incredible. Yeah. Uh, a lot of people call me up. I went to you a year ago. I don't, I don't think it worked. And I got their notes from the session. You know, so, well, what's happened to you in the last year? This is uh, well, let me tell you how you were the day you came in. It says here, you were suicidal, depressed. You're ready to jump out my window. I had to put double locks on. Uh, <laughs> you know, you couldn't get out of bed in the morning. You were smoking enough dope to fund a third world country. You know, it's like, oh, my God. Could it have been the hypnosis? No, you had a transformation last night. The angel Gabriel came down at the foot of your bed, tapped you on the head with a wand, and you instantly transformed. Right. Is that what you want to believe? Right. Go ahead. I, I, it's, I think a, a big part of it is people like want to, they don't want to give credit. And I'm not, we're not, us change workers, we're not looking for credit necessarily. You know, we want acknowledgement perhaps, um, but they don't want to give credit uh, to the process that, you know, you brought them through and say, you know, oh, I did it myself, you know, by minimizing it, by even denying, <laughs> you know, getting into denial. Uh, but, it's yet you know it's a growing field why because we get results for people well most yeah. people get results 
I would say. I tell people, if I do a good job, you can't remember you had problems. Exactly. And that's a problem because they leave me after, and then they go to five other hypnotists because they think if he's like that, the rest are going to be even better. And they go and they spend a fortune, not what they gave me, the minuscule amount of money. They go, and then they call me back. You know, I went to five, I didn't get any results. The only one I got results with was you. He says, yeah, but they don't know. Let let me tell you, let me tell you a story. Someone contacted me on Facebook, very attractive young woman, you know, like late twenties, perhaps uh, a few months ago. She says, you're friends with John Petroselli. Can you persuade him to see me again? Uh, She was complaining to me that you're in retirement or semi-retirement and that, you know, you, you're not seeing people anymore but you were the only one that got her the results that she wanted. It was some years ago. Uh, and it was about it was both, dealing with both alcoholism and um, uh, seizures. Uh, and, uh, and I said, well, you know, I'm not gonna persuade him if he's, that's up to him. Uh, but the point I'm making is that you get results where other people just don't. So when I say that a lot of people get results, yeah, a lot of people get results, a lot of people don't. <laughs> All right, you're one of those that are renowned for getting results. Yeah, you, you know how that started, Tony? Basically, I read my mentors, Gilboyne and everything, said they were working with cancer and anxiety and, and, and all these, and saying they were getting results. So I believed them. Yeah. Years later, when these guys became my friends, they said, how are you doing those things? How do you get results with those? I says, I only get them because you said you could. So I figured I could. I had no limitations as to what was possible. It's incredible. That, that, that's all. I mean, the greatest compliment, uh, Gil Boyne would call me up. He was one of my mentors. He called me up one day on the phone in New York City. The next thing I knew, he invited me to do the keynote speech at his convention in Glendale, California. This guy was always... He, he became like my father. We didn't do the same stuff, but I was doing a lot of Gestalt stuff. Yeah. And uh, Gil formed a, basically a Gestalt practice group, one of the first. Gestalt was one of the things that really hooked me to get to get me involved in change work in NLP. Because when I heard about these stories, you know, of, of, of having this conversation with an empty chair, you know, and role playing with, you know, your parents, that, that really fascinated me. That is, yeah. but you you really, you, 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 you have such a prolific. It, it, it's a lot more powerful in hypnosis. Major Mark Cunningham uh, said two of the most influential things to me. Basically, he, can you hold on one second? Absolutely. You want me to Not pause? Not now, please. You want me to pause it? No, yeah, pause one second. Okay. Major Mark Cunningham gave me some of the most powerful insights because one of the things he said to me early in my career when I was looking for a technique to do stuff, he said, the mind doesn't know the difference between what's real or imagined. So if they don't know, just have them hallucinate a new outcome. They don't know the difference. They made up the first one. Another thing he told me, he says, we were talking about NLP, he says, but use NLP techniques under hypnosis. It's much more powerful. Really? So I started using the techniques under hypnosis, and it was more powerful than straight NLP techniques. Why was it more powerful? Because you had them hallucinate different outcomes? 
Well, you had them in that relaxed state, not just going through a process, whether they were in the room or not, and the brain was a million miles away. Oh, look here, look here, okay, okay. You know, you have them, you have them right there in the moment when you're using them. And they're not direct out of the book techniques. You gotta modify them for hypnosis and your client in the chair and their belief system. It's incredible. Uh, I, I mean, let me ask you about Major Mark Cunningham. Uh, I think I remember hearing him like about 20 years ago on uh, talk radio late night. Uh, he was, he's like, he's, he's more than just a change worker. He's like, he was involved in some like intelligence stuff. Is that correct with him? Well, you know, nowadays, Tony, we don't know what's believe, what to believe or not. <laughs> you know, he could have been, and one time he said, uh, he said to the group, he said, major marketing, I made it all up. So I don't know, because people still want to believe the background. He said that, you know, here he is, he's about five foot, whatever. He says, I could take down seven people in seven seconds or something like that. You know, whether he could, I don't know. But I don't want to say anything bad about it because I did learn a lot from him. Okay, I want to, we're going to talk more about that right after this commercial break. Okay. This episode of Self-Help Coaching is brought to you by Perficio. People start something, then something comes up, or they need a break or even a vacation. And they often never get back on track. Perficio is designed to allow all of this. Visit www.perficio.io. That's P-E-R-F-I-C-I-O dot I-O, where you can live your life as you learn and make progress toward your life-changing goals. You're listening to the Self-Help Coaching Podcast with John Petroselli, hypnotist extraordinaire. Now let's, you know, talking about Cunningham and, and, and making up stories, one of the things that intrigued me when I, when I was first learning about neuro-linguistic programming, I heard that the, a lot of the original people such as Bandler or Grindler, but those, well, those are founders, but other originals that one of the things that they did was just make up stories about themselves, you know, to, to you know, to have a better reputation or to impress people. And that was condoned and even encouraged as part of the, part of yeah. the war to, because it's all about, you know, the mind, you know, so to, the loyalty to, to the truth was, was uh, shunned or, you know, the, you shouldn't be, honest, it shouldn't be honesty. Shouldn't, it was not encouraged or valued as much as, you know, dynamics of the mind. Can you, can you uh, touch on that? Can you elaborate on that? Well, George being a great hypnotist studied under Gil Boyne and he was supposed to take his place, but never did. George teaches in his class. He says, make up something, you know, say you're the world's greatest hypnotherapy for trinkonizes or something like that and have somebody say it oh you're the world's greatest now these guys just claim on their website they're the greatest hypnotist since Svengali. Svengali was made up you know it didn't really exist you know in my early days i had the first websites you know we we went from talking five days a night at groups to get people in then in the we went to the yellow pages in, in the early days. This is the oh, market. What? Is this the 70s or the 80s? What, what decade? Oh, but don't ask me on dates. The 20s. <laughs> the 20s. It could have been. But where were we? We were talking about market. We're talking about the, web, the website. You were the one. Oh, the I put up the website. And because I had one of the first, 
people would cut and paste and put it on their website. <laughs> and and the, they were so stupid. They cut and paste my name on it, too. And I see you on the, and they're calling up these other websites asking for me. It's, it's, it's interesting because you don't want to get involved in lawsuits for people. You know, they tell me, I went to your office on 82nd Street. And I said, I never had an office on 82nd Street. Well, did you see me? No. Well, they said you weren't in that day. I was never in that day or ever in that office. So, yeah, pe people will borrow. I, I, I say everybody's got 15 minutes of fame. I've had it several times in my life. 25 minutes later now in today's culture, they forgot you. We got to become permanently famous, John. Uh, and then they'll erase you. I said permanently. So let me ask you about hypnotherapy. Can it help everyone? Anybody who wants help can. So I, want you know, and, and I've had tough cases, you know, where I had to force them through it. You know, say, say I can't see. Uh, I, I don't want to. I didn't ask you to go there. And I'd scream out loud in session and the fear would get them there. So I had to muscle them through sessions, but it worked. And a, lot of people, a lot of people won't admit that, but you know, their friends sent them to me. And the friends would say, we see the change completely. You know, I had one guy, I, I'm just gonna tell you his condition. He was a medical worker. He tried to commit suicide by swallowing a handful of nails. Whoa. How insane that was. But the people who sent it to me, he would never acknowledge how much he changed. They said he's upbeat, he's enthusiastic, he's a totally different human being because they were all medical practitioners. And they were around this guy for like 20 years. I'm working on something. I'm, you know, it's, it's, it's back burner because I'm totally focused on auxilium and, uh, and proficio. But I'm working on something to really be a paradigm change because yes, generally speaking, a person cannot change, cannot be helped unless they want, they want it. Uh, but just as you were alluding to, it, it can be forced. People, yeah. people, when people, you know, you know, there's nothing like the right motivation. You know, yeah. you, have, you have trouble getting up uh, like I do. Okay, great. But when someone's yelling fire and you're smelling smoke, you'll jump out of bed quicker than anything. You know, you know, when the right, we have the right motivation, you change, you do something. Yeah. Uh, and uh, I, I'm working on something that's forcing a change. It's, 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 it's experimental, but it has some nobility to, yeah. to it. But in terms of self-improvement or personal development, I believe that in the right circumstances, a yeah. person yeah. can be, can be, can be forced to change in the yes. right circumstances. Yes. It has to be right. Go on. Again, exactly what you're saying. I learned from Mark Cunningham. I hate to give him so much credos here unless he sends me a check or something. But when are you going to give uh, me credit? That's what I'm wondering. Yeah. Mark Cunningham basically said, can you make someone do anything if you change the criteria? He said, you may never want to kill someone and you may never do it in this lifetime. Change the scenario. Your kids are in the house. There's two people standing there with guns at their head. You're outside and you have a gun in the car. In that scenario, you change the same thing as in war zone. You take an average person off the street, dude, uh, raising goldfish. And now you put them in a wartime scenario where he either pulls that trigger or he gets shot. Yeah, change the scenario. And uh, people will do anything if you change that scenario. 
I'm so fascinated by the mind. You, you know, and it's so, I don't, you know, I really avoid regretting things, not just as a matter of, of some stupid idea. But, you know, I got into this career late in life. I mean, you, you've been at this thing for 40 years, uh, but it's just incredible the mind, how the mind is really everything, you know, yeah. and whether we think something's real or not, it's real for us. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it, it doesn't matter how unreal or how made up it is or how false it is. If we think it's real, it's real for us. And, and, and that is everything. With that, you can change and really have anything. Yeah. Yeah. And you're seeing it in this time in culture on the news all the time, no, because no. We, we didn't have this instantaneous news. And basically, hypnosis is repetition. Repetition, say a thing, uh, an untruth or a truth enough times, and it becomes truth to that person. Right. And that's what they're doing. The other thing is raise the emotion. What's a TV broadcaster sitting there? You know, he's an authority figure because they got like a thousand dollars, thousands of dollars worth of lighting. They're in the suit. They have their makeup on. They, they, they look, they're an authority person just like a doctor is we call it white jacket hypnosis and let, let me tell you how influential a 15 dollars white jacket could be my brother went in the hospital he had three stents put in his heart and my dad comes in he asked me what happened to him and my dad never listened to me he says ah you don't know what you're talking so the doctor comes in. my father says what happened to him and he didn't and my father didn't listen to him he just shook his head and told the doctor what he thought happened to him so my father turns to me and says, you see, the doctor agrees with me. Five seconds later, I walked outside the door and there was my father's doctor scrubbing the wall of the hallway. He was the cleaning guy. He had a $15 jacket on, white jacket hypnosis. Incredible, right? And we give newscasters that newscast. When I was in school, they said, if you're halfway good looking and you're not too bright, become a TV journalist. And you can read, you know, off a teleprompter, right? make a lot of money and you don't have to know anything and you know what you're a good looking guy too by the way john you should maybe you should have went down that road but you know, you've done too much great work in hypnosis you know you know you really i say this sincerely you don't you don't look your age you look young for your age man nobody yeah. would ever think that you're 200 years old you yeah know? well it's, it's this 35 dollar beauty light you know <laughs> you talked about bella lugosi earlier you were actually friends with him right and maybe Taught him about uh, vampirism. Is that right? Is that, or was that an NLP story or hypnosis? No, I no. I wish I met Bela Lugosi. I don't. <laughs> do you know he made a career because he had to learn English by phonetics. I don't drink wine. And his career was. He was a sex symbol, Bela Lugosi. He got thousands of fan letters from women who wanted. Uh, I guess a little. A little Check out his orthodontics. Yeah, I mean, he, he was considered by many to be a mesmerist that he would, you know, hypnotize people into, you know, being seduced. Yeah. Is that correct? It was early times, <laughs> much simpler times. I mean, mesmer, uh, mesmer belief systems, you know. He came in the flamboyant gowns with the French hat, you know, with the stick. And he told people, he probably set up a few people, you faint when I do this. And you know, crowd reaction. Somebody yawns, the whole room yawns. Somebody feels hot, now you feel the heat. 
Well, he'd do that and there'd be a chain reaction in the room. Uh, there was the famous French saying, uh, every day in every way, I'm getting better and better and better. And I forgot his name, uh, the, the French hypnotist, but he'd have people repeat that simpler times. People would heal because they believed they were going to heal. You know, I learned that in silver. I mean, you were a silver practitioner. That's how you got started, yeah. right? The, uh, this, talk, yeah. Talk about that. Uh <clears throat> Uh, I had a, a girlfriend who was older than me, and she dragged me to these silver weekly, you know, sales meeting to get you to take the class, you know. And uh, I'd sit there, ah, that's bullshit, that's bullshit. This bullshit. is the 70s, this is the mid-70s? <clears throat> it could have been. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to give a definite, because I, I, I don't remember so much, but when I got out of college, I, got, I had three degrees, but I, I was working at night on the docks. I was going to school during the day, six, seven days a week. I was exhausted. I was a basket case when I graduated. So I walked in finally and I put down my $395 to take the silver class. And the, the instructor said, finally. <laughs> and I took the class and it taught you a bunch of techniques that you could use in hypnosis. They didn't call it hypnosis. They call it alpha training. And it changed my life so much. So I dedicated the next three years of my life working for free for uh, Paul Grievous. He was the New York City silver instructor and learning what I could do with it. But I found one thing because it had unlimited repeat privileges. You could repeat the class any place in the world for free. For those of you who don't know, Silva is like a, a kind of hypnosis method started by this guy, Jose Silva, if I'm not mistaken. The first self-improvement course in this country using hypnosis and different brain levels, alpha thinking. It would was cool. Alpha thinking. Now, would you consider hypnosis, certainly as part of personal development, but would you say hypnosis is in self-help or outside of self-help since, you know, the, the person's being helped by a, 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 you know, a professional? Well, I, I call it brief therapy. If you really... You got a choice. You know, I, I tell my clients, you can come to me for three sessions over like a year or two, or you could spend 50 years in therapy and come in 50 years later, but I won't be around. You could talk to my ghost because you'll still be screwed up. And a lot of people, when we go through regression, they come out and they say, I didn't go through all the stuff I went through for the last 20 years with my therapist. I said, I didn't direct you. That wasn't the problem. That's what someone convinced you was the problem. Right. I said, I said, there's a feeling inside, a feeling that is all to do why you came in here. Five, four, three, two, one. Where are we? First impression, daytime, nighttime, inside, outside, alone or with someone. I didn't direct you anywhere to a specific location. You're, that anxiety just led you to those things. People have revolutions when you bring them to, to that place and then they, they can bring themselves to the place where they need to be. To get yeah, to the and then you better be skilled with an army of techniques, you know, to, to get them through that experience. Yes. Uh, a lot of cre creativity and imagination comes into play. That's, I think that's one of my greatest strengths as a coach is my imagination. I am one imaginative mofo and I can imagine all sorts of things and some things are pretty radical. I think that this is one of my, my assets. Uh, I bet it's the same for you as well. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, uh, again, 
if it wasn't for that major mark statement, I would think there had to be a specific technique because that was the limitations of any sort of training back then. But he said, just make it up, have them hallucinate a new outcome. They made it up in the first place. Let's let's talk about EFT for a moment. Now, when I first started learning about EFT, I was very interested in it. Though I, hmm. I never I never got to use it with any any clients. Uh, this stands for emotional freedom technique. For those who don't know, what what do you have to say about that? I know you you work. Well, I, I I taught every smoking client EFT, tapping on the feeling, the anxiety, or or whatever. I use the original Gary Craig method, not the ten million imitators who change things because. Gary Craig's method worked, but I didn't use it for severe, in, in my experience, using it for severe outcomes, you sort of cut off the problem halfway. Like say the problem started at the age of five, you were scared by daddy. And then it came up to you in a car yelling at someone. Well, if you tapped on this feeling, sooner or later you left those roots in here and they would come back up. Now this is only my experience because a lot of people who were trying to do the work that I did found tapping and they found an easier solution. Now they could see five clients, 10 clients a day instead of just one. So guess where they went? Now I, they can have them come in for 10 sessions. This was not profitable work that I was doing. 40% of my clients were on the arm. I mean, if somebody didn't show up, I had a whole list of people who were suicidal, depressed, talking to aliens from other out of space. I said, come on in. And I didn't charge him. Well, why didn't you the charge him? The worse you were, the better for me. Well, why didn't you charge him? Because, first of all, they didn't have any money. And it was I, I would get excited. If you want on the other end line, say I'm suicidal, I'm depressed. Uh, I've been in therapy for 20 years and none of that worked. I said, oh, come on in. So, I, I, I'm getting revved up because I know how this works. So it wasn't necessarily and, that you were such an altruist. I mean, you just love this change work. You love working with people and getting them to be- I, I, I loved it. It was always a challenge. You had the client in front of you. They're scared to death. I had movie stars, celebrities, politicians, uh, a lot of doctors, a lot of lawyers, you know, the top 3% because they're the ones who are looking for solutions. And Can you, you got to get them from where they are. They're, they're telling you stuff that they've never revealed in therapy before. You know, a lot of them still to this day, when I was in New York City, they come up and hug me and, and say, you're the only one who knows all about me. And I'm looking at them like, what's your name? Because five minutes after I finish, I, I have to leave it behind. Uh, because that's too bad, just because I want to ask you uh, to share with us the most humiliating stories about the most famous people uh, you've worked with. <laughs> of course, I'm kidding, right? Give us the dirt. Now, of course, the, I'm totally joking, but you know, that must be very satisfying though to, you know, because obviously, uh, you know, America is a celebrity culture, pathetic. Yeah. Uh, but you know, when you, when you work with someone of, of significance or fame, uh, does that, is that a fact that you have to put that out of your mind or is that is easily put out of your, put that out of your mind? No, because they come in without the uh, $500 stylist, the $500. Uh, they come in like a normal person, an average person. You know, I had a famous actress, a very famous, I won't mention her name because it probably gets sued. But <laughs> she said she was this person. And I said, no, you're not. Because you know, she had potmark face. She didn't, uh, you know, the breasts were gone, you know. And she, so she whips out her driver's license. She's yelling at me. Yes, I am. Yes, I am. 
So I said, what? I said, that's a makeup artist. I said, what about the, you know, and what? She says, it padded. So when they come in, yeah, I I mean, they're just like you and me, but they come in and, uh, you know, they don't have the skill sets. They don't have a brilliant script written by one of the world's greatest script writers. They're just messed up people who need some sort of acknowledgement. And that's why most of them got into it. You know, they, they usually tell you the same story. They were like quiet as a kid. They, they weren't outgoing, you know, and this was their chance to be someone they weren't. I think that acknowledgement is the most basic human need. And if we don't get it, we're going to go find it. So one way or yeah. another. <laughs> I mean, especially, editing. especially in today's culture. Yes. Oh, 100%. With social media, social media is the, the acknowledgement king now. Right. Acknowledge me. Acknowledge me big time. Got your selfie. Social media has really revolutionized the world. And, you know, now it has become like the prime mode of communication. Uh, and, and I think it is like everything has is good and bad it has, you know, it's very valuable and it, it's also very dangerous. But I think one of the big problems in social media is that you know, it's given us all a voice, even the idiots. And I don't listen, I'm not, but the, you know, I'm not saying I'm not an idiot, but I'm just saying that a lot of people are giving a lot of idiots a lot of clout. Yeah. <laughs> the, the other aspect is the instantaneous part. Here's a kid in school. The, the other kid scares him. Maybe I'm anxious, this and that. Before time would pass, before, and, and you it would resolve itself. Right. But now the instantaneous thing that we have to do this, this, this. And people are so hypnotized by these newscasters who, who want to be celebrities. They forgot how to deliver the news, just the news. We don't want your opinion. Let's take a, a quick moment to hear from our sponsor. I'll be right back with John Petroselli. This episode of Self-Help Coaching is brought to you by Perficio. How is your financial health? Are you ready for emergencies? What if you actually had in you the wisdom of Benjamin Franklin? There's a reason why his face is on the $100 bill. Visit www.perficio.io. That's P-E-R-F-I-C-I-O dot I-O. Where you can make certain that you're on the road to be financially independent no matter what happens. You're listening to the Self-Help Coaching Podcast with John Petroselli. We were just talking about narratives and social media and news. You know, I think today that the news is, is less journalism, I mean, in a significant way, and more uh, a, a narration, a story uh, that's deliberately put out there. And I think that that's, that could be change. That's an essence of change work or perhaps hypnosis. What do you think about that? Well, a lot of these, the famous older newscasters, and uh, I taught NLP languaging techniques, the same things I learned from Kenrick, you know, and, and you basically put the idea in the head before you get excited about all the possibilities of how this work is going to influence you. Let me tell you another reason why you already made that influence and how it's going to influence you in the future. I mean, you could do this for like 15 minutes and they're sitting there, yeah, 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 yeah. I, I mean, it's powerful work. You know, when I first learned it, I, I would do this on the phone with smokers and my accountant would sit there and say, John, stop that. They're canceling because they stopped smoking after the phone call. Stop doing that. You're going to 
drive yourself into bankruptcy. That's how powerful words are and, and the languaging techniques. But, but Kendrick came out with the most important thing that a lot of these NLP guys never recognized, rapport. Kendrick said that you can make people do anything, but they're going to hate you in the process. Kendrick could do it. And you wanted to do what he said, and you loved him for it. Because he had the opposite effect at one time. He tells this story about it. You know, they'll hate you. They'll come after you. But yes, you got to get that rapport. And, and a lot of the early NLP people were like just throwing, the, they were like scooting you, looking for the IQs like this. And you're watching their eyes go up and down. And you're just sitting there, what are you, some sort of pervert? You know, is so, he moving his eyes? And you see their eyes going back and forth, watching everything you do. It, it, it's, it's freaky. So Cle Cleveland was saying that rapport is essential. Get the, get the rapport. Rapport and is essential. And uh, I think uh, one of, I don't know if it was Bandler's group, so one of his cohorts there talked about a college campus where they sent people out to do these techniques. And they got results, but people hated them because they never bothered to get rapport with that person. Rapport is very important. Yeah, that's why I think that's why so many people hate me. I'm not getting rapport. I got to work on that. Yeah. <laughs> or it could no. be another reason. I'm not sure. <laughs> yes, no. I understand. You know, that's one of the first things I learned in NLP is that you've got to get rapport. You've got people have got to be synchronized with with you in some way in order to receive the messages that you're that you want to give them. And it was a very mechanical method, you know, mirror them, their movements, their breathing, this and that. <laughs> and I learned all that stuff. I said, this is too much work. And then just about then, I, I stumbled upon a comment by Kenrick. If you get intent, you don't need it. Intent. Just getting the intent. You didn't need it. But, but I, I certainly taught a lot of people these techniques, because in the early sleepwalkers techniques, we were teaching all those basic NLP techniques and seeing how far we could go with them. And uh, so I really tested things to the limit. You know, these people may have written it up and may have worked with 10, 20, 30 people. No, I've worked with thousands. I pushed your technique to the limit and discarded it after it didn't work with the first couple dozen. How many, how many clients would you, would you guess which is, that you've worked with? Uh, I, I, I would guess around 30,000 between the groups, the classes. It could be more, could be a little less. I, 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 we were trying to figure that out because I had a guy who came in and before World Trade 9-11 incident, he went through boxes of my paperwork and he was a mathematical guy and he just came up with this figure back then. And that was 20 years. <laughs> I still went for another 10 years. He figured at least 30,000. That's incredible. You know, as a professional coach, I would say I had about a 90% success rate. What would you say your success rate was? What was my success rate? I say I had a very high success rate. Now, the figures, I, I, I can't tell you, but I'd have clients call me up after the session for weeks after an hour follow-up, what's happening in your life? And we go through it. Of course, I've got their criteria sheets in my hand. And they say this is because they don't realize, you know, I just came back from vacation, Peru, blah, 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 blah. I said, well, have you ever gone on vacation before? No, never in my life. I never went on a vacation. Well, that's one of the first things you said you wanted to do is travel. 
How's your relationship with your wife? Oh, we get along. When you came in here, you were both ready to stick steak knives in each other's eyes. So I point, oh my God. But like I said, if I do really good work, they don't realize. The only one who realizes is smokers. Because smokers would come in and, and everybody would tell them, you're not smoking. My favorite, one of my favorite clients was this older Irish guy who was a fireman up in Greenwood Lake. He didn't talk much. I didn't even think the session worked. But this guy chain smoked three packs a day. Now, this guy up in Greenwood Lake would go to all the events. And everybody say, you stop smoking, stop smoking. And because he didn't like to talk, he just scribbled my number and give it to them. I had everyone from the mayor up there to the, the local townspeople, all because they witnessed this guy. So smokers were my best, you know, advertise people who sent people in. Uh, the people with the most problems, they didn't tell people because what are they going to tell them? I went into him. I was suicidal. I was depressed. I was ready to kill my uncle. You know, I had the sex addiction. No. And if they did send somebody in, uh, my cousin said you helped her a lot, but they wouldn't tell you why. So it, it was hard to get endorsements. And years before, I had thousands of, of uh, testimonials on my webpage till one day Google decided to take down my web site and destroyed all my earlier work oh. it was a very comprehensive site and they said i did something and there's no person to talk to and uh that was the only copy of testimonials back in Awful. you know can you explain hypno your hypnotherapy sessions that you do and how they work okay my hypnotherapy work uh, hypnotherapy sessions. It's usually three sessions. It's used uh, more than three for those people who, because once you achieve your goals, guess what? You better come up with a new set of goals or, or, or you're screwed up. Right. You know, I, I got everything I want. Me, in my case, I got everything I wanted over the years. So I got married two years ago. I'd reevaluate re re that now. But, <laughs> We're very but, People come in, they talk, you know, and I talk and I let them drain it, you know, otherwise they're not listening to you. And sometimes you got to let people talk a while because no one's ever listened to them in their life before. And then I explain a lot about hypnosis, about the mind, about how the first 10 years of the formulation of everything you've done, give them an understanding. I do a lot, a couple tests, you know, using some NLP techniques to show them how quick they could change their belief system. You know, just to give them some evidence. Then we do the criteria. I sit there with a pad. Tomorrow morning, if you woke, when you wake up, you'd have certain things in your life. Maybe you got them. Maybe you want more of them. Maybe you want them to continue. Friends, family, relationships, love, success, health, well-being, or anything I didn't say. What's one of the things that you would have? Oh, I'd have friends. Friends is a big thing for a lot of foreigners. They come to this country. They don't have anybody. What's important about having friends? Or I'd have somebody to be there for me to listen to me. What's important about having someone there to listen to me? Well, then I could express myself, this and that. You know, and you break it down to the point where, well, say tomorrow morning you woke up and you had those friends, so you could do anything. Well, well, now I'd be more relaxed on the job. Now I'd be able to speak to people and smile. Now I'd be able to talk to women. You know, that was a big one back then. Nowadays, it's whatever sex you want to talk to. But we'd have to get that criteria. And then I'd do a hypnosis session. And I say, put this in that special place where your mind can work on it, play with it, experiment. Then one day when it feels just right, it'll flow over into the core of your being. 
and you'll wake up finding yourself talking to others. And, and I'd read back that criteria. And, and we do that. And, and right after that, I've already put them in trance. I did the criteria. I'd get up, close your eyes, and I'd do a really quick screaming induction, hypnotherapy induction. Focus on that feeling. Let that feeling take you back. And we, we go through the hypnotherapy session. And it was a roller coaster ride from two to eight hours. I thought I was going to kill people in the chair. They were going to pee their brains out there, you know, because some of it, you know, when you ask some people uh, what's happening, some people give you two words. You got to pull it out of them. Some people give you a 10 page book report. You know, it's like the little kid, you know, comes up to his father. He says, uh, dad, could you tell me about sex? He says, go see your mother. And the father asked the next day, did you ask your mother? He says, I didn't want to know that much. <laughs> so we, we go through that process and uh, we clear up. We go before I do a little future progression. I, I do some basically womb therapy to clear up those things where you had a nice, easy delivery, not the anxiety. You know, I, I had one um, guy from Scotland who went into full-blown seizures. His mother had a three and a half hour delivery where he was stuck in the womb. And, uh, and he was screaming. And all of a sudden we went, but I, I thought he died in the chair. And we went back and we cleared that up and his whole life changed. But you got to be, you got to be like a commando in there. It's going to come up. You can't show any sides, any partiality. You have to be completely neutral and feedback the information. You can't say that's bad, that's good, whatever. If you, I tell them you want to be a better bank robber, come in. If you want to be a better father, I'll, I'll help you with that. It's what you want, not what I want for you. I haven't made the greatest choices in life, you know, myself at times. Speaking about the business of hypnosis and hypnotism, you know, you uh, retired to Florida a couple of years ago, you, but you couldn't stay still. You worked with vet with veterans, helping them get through PTSD. A, a slumlord bought my building and my rent went from five hundred dollars, thirty seven years in to five thousand in Greenwich Village to five thousand for one hundred fifty square foot cubicle. And he made our life terrible the last year, you know, with mice and he just and um my father got sick, so I was running out to hospitals. I didn't have time to maintain my $5,000 office either. because. So uh, I took a little buyout, got a little money because my dad passed, and I bought an RV. And right away, I got bored. I said, I got a little money here. I'm going to work with veterans because they were the hardest ones to work with because of PSTD and all the rate. I mean, these are people we're giving up on. The ones that I had in. Their only solution was to drug them out. No. So I started teaching them hypnosis so that they had a job skill instead of working at uh, Mandy's bagging the groceries. Plus, they could help each other, you know. And, uh, you know, one of the conditions, if I train you for free, you got to do 100 free sessions awesome. with other veterans. And you got to call me up and I'm going to check on you. And that's what I did for a while. I had some. I had a lot of feedback from the military groups who wanted me to disappear because I was, I was knocking their income stream, even though I wasn't charging anybody, you know, keep him a patient for the rest of his life. So we could get another $10 billion right. and keep them in psychiatric care. No, they're not screwed up. None of us are screwed up. 
The brain is very effective. We learn to do things perfectly. But what perfect is to one person isn't perfect to other. You know, right. your brain only does what you taught it to do. Unfortunately, we're coming to the end of the podcast. I'm going to have to have you back for another interview. This is, this is way too much to talk about. So, uh, and I really appreciate it so much, John. So let me just uh, give you a moment to give your final remarks. You, would you anything you'd like to say, uh, free will? Final remarks. Uh, like I said to Tony, I'm semi-retired here and uh, I will only work with clients if they come up here. I don't do your Zoom calls. I will talk to you over the phone and help you out. But, uh, you know, I learned that being in the presence of person changes people. Zoom calls do not change people because I'm getting the calls now saying I went to this person in England over the Zoom, New York hypnotist. You know, maybe some people are, but then not the people are calling me. So, you know, I, I take a few clients who I've worked with who want their family members to come in. But I'll make it an offer, like I said to you, if you, anybody who joins Perficio and wants to come in and willing to come up here to get skills, you know, to do one of those long sessions and change their life, okay. But I'm, I'm not going back into practice seven days a week, 100 hours, no more. Now, I'm going to have this with you out with you live in this interview. Yeah. Uh, obviously, you're, I respect you greatly. You're, you're my yeah. senior, and you're such a, a man that deserves great respect for all you've done. And I mean, but uh, I'm going to argue with you slightly. <laughs> I mean, yeah. with, with tongue in cheek, but, but, mm -hmm. but with true intent. John, you're one of the greatest hypnotists that I've ever heard of, uh, hypnotherapist. Uh, I think, and, and I know you're not about the money at all, but I, I would encourage uh, listeners, if you have an issue that you want to change, to get a, con get a hold of John. And, but the thing is that, you know, going up to the cat skills, especially on repeatedly may be, you know, not, not doable by a lot of people. And, yeah. and while Zoom totally changes that, and not to mention in this age of COVID, uh, hmm. changes that makes it safe for everybody so much easier it's safer uh, I, I'm going to encourage you John to start changing your beliefs about the hmm. Zoom I know you have this incredible experience where the one on one is, is the right thing but hmm. maybe you can make a compromise hmm. in this age in your semi-retirement in the COVID-19 situation to reach other people perhaps hmm. Zoom with them it's, listen you're the man you make the call but I think it would be great for your business for your pocketbook, as well as for people who just can't, you know, accommodate you in terms of being your client. That's what I'm just saying. Well, let me say something about cultures. Uh, Americans don't keep their commitments. They'll make an appointment, not show up, not even call you back. Europeans, on the other hand, they'll call you from India, Iran, uh, England. This uh, Tuesday, April 4, 14th at 9 o'clock, and you'll never be able to reach them. They'll be at your door one minute before the appointment. They will travel countries because they know the value of the work. In this country, they've been lied to so many times. Uh, I went around the world to learn the techniques I did. It, it didn't matter if I had to go to Canada, wherever, to, to, to get one piece of information, maybe. And, and that's how I valued it. You know, it's, it's the value people put on it. And I, I got to tell you something. In New York City, most of my clients weren't from New York City. They were from outside the city. 
because they were the ones who did the real research. The New Yorkers picked the laziest one. You know, oh, he's two blocks from me. That's like a CVS. You, you know how you put a CVS three blocks away from you out of business? How? You open up a Walgreens one block away from you. <laughs> they won't walk. They, you know, it's convenience. You know, the first thing a New Yorker asks you on the phone, where are you located? And people, they're on 59th Street, two miles away. 10 minutes, oh, you're so far downtown. Meanwhile, my, my European clients never ask those questions. South American never asked those questions. They were there. So, you know, I like to work with people. If I'm going to devote eight hours and, 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 you know, at the prices I charge, you better be willing to do the work or don't waste my time. Okay, well, I'm willing to do the work. Uh, but I'll give a free Zoom or phone call session to any Proficio members who want an idea of hypnosis before they shell out money to an unknown source. And I'll give you my opinion and how it can help you, what it can do for your particular situation and whether you're ready. Instead of just going shelling out money and finding out this wasn't for you. And uh, 30,000 30, clients or people you've worked with, uh, you know what you're doing, I think. So uh, now we're at the end, I, and I want uh, how do people how do people contact you? Tell tell. I mean, you got six websites. <laughs> no, no, I I had 110 websites because I put up websites for everybody I trained, and then then as they fell off, I still kept the website. Now I'm down to I think 55, and I'm letting them expire. You know everything. From okay, how do people contact you, John Petroselli? Well, if you go to healthwithhypnosis.com, and that was my original site, so so forgive me, that's like 20 years, that was the beginning of the internet, so it still looks like the beginning of the internet, or you could go to johnpetroselli.com, or basically, if they contact you, you could give them my direct number. Okay. So I don't want to give it over here, because uh, I'll, uh, I'll be inundated with automatic calls saying, do you have new car insurance? I says, well, I don't have a new car, which uh, I get all the time here. So uh, that's healthwithhypnosis.com. That's the word with right. like coupling. Yeah. And John Petroselli. By the way, johnpetroselli.com. By the way, that's one of the greatest things we have in common is the Petro. My name is Petroza. Your name is Petroselli. That's a huge thing we got in common. Now, unfortunately, John, the ZZA that I got is far superior to the celly you got so well sorry. you know what petroselli means it means uh, little rocks and i can confirm that all my family and relatives have little rocks in their head we got it, uh, us patrols got big rocks that's the difference yeah. <laughs> john uh right at the end uh you uh you are the man bro this this i, I would say that this interview was probably yes this has been the most free-flowing interview that I've had both it's been so truly conversational uh and, and we've got to do it again we've got to do a, a second one because there's so much more for us to talk about and value for the listener and the viewer and, and you want to do that John a second one down the road sure sure you know I, I had to learn to talk to people before groups because I can never read my notes because if I look down I lost my place so I'm, I'm I would teach classes they say how, how do you do this you have no notes for anything this and that I said, I can't use them. It makes me lose my place. And I like it to be interactive. You know, if you're going to work with children, if you're going to work with alcoholics, this and that, throw it out because I can answer your questions. I guarantee 
in this field. You know, if you want your car fixed, don't call me, please. John, you have been enormous, a wonderful, wonderful guest, uh, and I really appreciate it. Uh, you want to say goodbye to the audience? Well, goodbye. And again, you know, if you want a free consultation, I'm not going to sell you anything. <laughs> Matter of fact, you'll have to force me to work with you. But before you spend the money, and some of these commitments, they want five grand off you for 10 sessions to stop smoking. I got news for you. I never did more than one and a free backup if it didn't work. And I'll do another free backup if it didn't work. You don't need 10 sessions to stop smoking. So give me a call before you waste your money and we'll talk about what's possible for you. I'm retired. I can talk now uh, for at least a while. That's as long as I don't go into business again, because that was, yeah, I'd be yeah. divorced in a week. Right. <laughs> Great, John. You, John, I'll say, you know, I'm going to say, it. I love you, bro. You are awesome. I really appreciate you. Thank you, Tony. As a person. Uh, and uh, truly, and I'm, I'm, I feel a warm feeling just knowing you. <laughs> I, I really appreciate it. A warm, fuzzy feeling? I, I, didn't say fuzzy. I didn't say fuzzy. That was your word. I just said warm. You put yeah. fuzzy in there. Okay. I was, I'm very clear about this warmth. <laughs> okay. Remember, everyone, we're all responsible for ourselves, and we can all use some help. With that... Yeah. Thank you for listening or watching. We really appreciate it. We'll see you on the next, the next one. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in to the Self-Help Coaching Podcast, where insights, attitudes, and methods for success get illuminated. Learn what leaders and change workers have done and are doing now to create magnificent futures. Remember to visit our website at self-helpcoaching.com and enjoy even more great episodes like this one. Again, while you're here, subscribe to us via your favorite network. We look forward to seeing you next time on the Self-Help Coaching Podcast.